AH Basics Podcast. My name is Dana and I am your host. Today we interview Candice. Candice is a dental hygienist who graduated from the Community College of Denver with her associates in dental hygiene in 2011. She immediately went on to complete her bachelor's degree, which is a bachelor's completion program from Old Dominion University. So now she has her bachelor's in dental hygiene and she works as a myofunctional therapist, which is a really interesting way to use your dental hygiene degree. I'm excited for you to learn about Candice and her story. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review on whatever site that you're listening to us. And without further ado, let's get to the story. Okay. Well, hello, Candice. Welcome to the DH Basics podcast. I'm so excited to have you on so that you can share your journey with us today. I'm just going to have you get started by telling me about yourself, your journey leading to hygiene school, and anything else that you think the listeners might be interested in regarding your your life story here. Of course. Um, so yeah, my name is Candace Franzini. I live in the Denver area. So I was first kind of introduced to the world of dentistry when I was about 10 years old, when my mom started working in the front desk of a dental office. She did all the insurance billing, you know, uh, scheduling, all of that. So I would go in and do baseboards and <laughs> like sort mail and stuff in the summer. So I was always kind of around the dental office. And then my older sister um, went to dental hygiene school. So I got to watch her go through that process of, you know, getting accepted, going through school. And so then when I was a senior in high school, I knew I wanted to do something medically related. You know, I was like nursing, science, something. And so I kind of started to realize that through them, I had developed an odd interest in teeth. And I was already telling people they should floss and referring my teachers to my mom's dental office. And so I was like, I should probably capitalize on this. Not a lot of people have such a niche interest. So I actually started working as a dental assistant uh, right out of high school. So my mom worked front desk. My sister was a hygienist and I was an assistant. We were all in the same office together. So that was a lot of fun. So I worked with them for about two years um, while I was doing prereq for the program. And then I went to dental hygiene school. So I went to dental hygiene school at the Community College of Denver. Um, which was a two-year program. So I did two years of prereqs at another community college where I was and then moved to Denver to go to that program. Um, and then I graduated in 2011. And I knew I wanted, uh, that was an associate's program. So I knew I wanted my bachelor's just to have it in my back pocket for someday if I ever needed it. So two weeks after graduating, I took my boards and I started on a degree completion program through Old Dominion University. So I worked, I got my license and I was working full time as a hygienist while doing um, school part time for the bachelor's degree. So um, again, doing a degree completion program worked, was just a little more streamlined because I needed fewer credits, more of my associate credits transferred. So I did again slowly part time and completed that in 2014 while working full time doing hygiene. So I got a job right out of hygiene school at a general family practice in Louisville, Colorado. So a suburb of Denver, Um, worked there as full time hygiene for nine years. And then in 2020, I decided it was time for a change. So I ended up doing internal sales for a dental device company. So kind of transitioned to more of that account management product educator role did that for almost two years. And then um, I knew I wanted to move into myofunctional therapy. So I actually worked outside sales for a mouthwash company right after I had my daughter. And I just needed something kind of part-time while I was doing the training. And then in October of last year, I joined an established myofunctional therapy practice in Denver. And so I've been doing that for a little over six months now. And I absolutely love it. So that's kind of my journey and where where my career has gone. (laughs) 
That's amazing. And can you explain a little bit about the myofunctional therapy, what that is and how your job as a hygienist help you to achieve that kind of job? Yeah. So myofunctional therapy, oral facial myofunctional therapy focuses on the muscle function of the mouth and face. So I work with a lot of patients that need tongue tie releases, getting them ready for therapy, and then re-educating their neuromuscular connections on how to use their tongue. Um, It's a lot of airway assessments, um, you know, looking at how the tongue's affecting the airway, how the structures are, referring to ENTs and airway-focused orthodontists, um, you know, using that collaborative team to help our patients um, just live better. So the main goals of myofunctional therapy are nasal breathing, lip seal, proper tongue posture, proper tongue swallowing, you know, not a poor tongue thrust, and then eliminating compensation. So I do that through, um, you know, specific exercises and kind of custom tailoring programs to patients to help them achieve optimal results. And it's really great to see, you know, the improvements that they can make in their overall health just by breathing better and having their tongue in the proper position. Being a hygienist is uniquely suited to it, I think, because we have such a knowledge in head and neck anatomy in, you know, occlusion, what we're looking for with protruded draws or pronathic or um, palatal width and vault and things like that. So there's so much of the anatomy and just understanding the function of the mouth that's so important in helping someone learn how to use their tongue and facial muscles properly. Absolutely. I'm so glad. That was why I wanted to bring you on because I think that that's such an interesting career path that you've embarked upon. And I always like to highlight hygienists who are doing things maybe a little bit different, unusual, just so that students know that they're not, you know, if they get into hygiene school, they don't have to just stay in this one box in the dental office. There's a ton of other job opportunities. And I like that you talked about sales too, because that's another job opportunity that a lot of hygienists end up going that route as well. Another question I have is what kind of training did you have to have for the myofunctional therapy? Yeah, so there are several. It's more continuing education course. So it was a 12-week course that I took. Um, There's a few different organizations that provide it. It's not necessarily like a license, um, as at least not right now, that you have to get. So you do a um, continuing education course, um, and then kind of you're you're off on your own after that. Um, But you're always learning, always growing, doing tons of CE. There's some really great, you know, support networks and Facebook groups that um, can be really collaborative. Well, thanks for sharing your story. I don't have a degree or anything like that. So that's why it's so great for hygienists because you're not like going back to school. It's more of like a, while you're working, do it, do this continuing ed program and then you're good to go. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, no, actually, I love that you shared that because that's probably would have been the question on everyone's minds who's listening if we didn't clarify that. Well, I do want to dive into a little bit about your experience going or applying to hygiene school. So I have some questions for you. And the first question I have is what was your overall GPA when you applied to dental hygiene school? Do you remember? I would had a 4.0. 4.0. <laughs> so I encourage people to, oh, you can help me up to have a 4.0. I just, I'm type A nerd and yeah, it was science courses, which I loved. <laughs> so I, I did well in those courses. So you, you went, you were a dental assistant. Did you go to a dental assisting school? No, I was trained on the job. And so no prior degree, you just had worked on your prerequisites. And then once you got all of those done, you applied to hygiene school and you only applied to the one school. I actually applied to two, um, but one of them was much further away than where I wanted to be. So I wanted to stay a little closer to home. So that kind of sealed the deal (laughs) with with community members. Did you get accepted into both of those schools? 
I did. Yes. Did finances have anything to do with your decision? No, not necessarily. They were about the same cost. Um, The other one was just in a very rural part of Colorado. And I didn't think I quite wanted to commit to that level of isolation, if you will. Um, I like being in more of the metropolitan area. And it was only an hour from my family. So, but yeah, finances. I mean, Denver probably was more expensive. The other one would have probably been cheaper cost of living wise, but I was willing to make that choice. And did you know when you applied that there was a difference between an associate's and a bachelor's? I know you said you decided to go back with the bachelor's completion. Kind of, do you remember what your experience was like when choosing between that? Absolutely. Yes. It was very clear in my mind because my sister had gone to the University of Colorado and they had a bachelor's degree dental hygiene program, but they shut it down like the year I started pre-rex or some very shortly after I graduated. So um, they no longer offered that. So there are only three hygiene programs in all of Colorado and they were all associate programs. So I knew if I wanted a bachelor's degree program, I would have to go out of state, which then that was out of state costs versus in-state costs further from family. So I was kind of weighing the pros and cons of that. And I kind of decided just to go ahead and do the associates program, um, in-state tuition, kind of get my foot in the door, and then I could always continue on afterwards. So I would have loved to have, you know, to gone straight to the bachelor's if CU still had that program available, but unfortunately it wasn't an option. And yeah, so having watched my sister go through a different program, I was definitely aware of the difference. Yeah, that that makes sense. And so is there a bachelor's program now in Colorado? There's not a uh, initial dental hygiene um, bachelor's program, but community college of So they allowed, the state allowed that if there's no four-year university in Colorado that provides a bachelor's, a community college can, but it's a a second program. So community college, again, has a degree completion, but you have to go through their associate's program first before you can do their bachelor's. It's not an all-in-one. Okay. That's really good for all of our Colorado listeners, whoever they may be out there, if they have questions about that, because in Texas, we have three bachelor's programs. So I just assume every state has one. So that's, that's good knowledge for them. No entry level. And then how long was your program? Two years. So I did two years of prereqs, Uh, maybe could have done it a little faster, but I was also working part time. So I didn't feel like there was a huge rush. And then the program itself was two years if you feel comfortable, how did you pay for dental hygiene school and all of the extra expenses that go along with that? Of course. Yeah. So bulk of it was student loans, um, both my on my part and my parents. Um, I did have some savings that definitely helped to cover the initial costs with the instruments and the scrubs and all of that. Um, so primarily loans, you know, I looking back, being a young, bright 20-year-old starting hygiene school, I probably could have done things a little more cost-effective <laughs> and had less overall balance in my loans. But it is what it is. So they're all paid off now. So that's what matters. (laughs) And did you work at all while you were in school? I did not know. Do you feel like you could have worked if you like looking back on it? Do you feel like you could have, or are you glad you didn't? I could have maybe worked like four to eight hours a week. It was, would have been like a weekend job. Like I had a couple or classmates who um, did weekend serving jobs um, and would pick up a shift here and there. But just with this class schedule and the clinic schedule, it would have been hard to do any sort of nine to five job, unless you had a lot of flexibility. Absolutely. I did dog sitting, house sitting, sitting, you know, I cleaned houses. Yeah. (laughs) 
I was just, I did little jobs here and there just to kind of keep me afloat and to have some extra money. But I think it would have been really hard to work any more than that. And uh, so I was just curious what, what your experience with that was. So what do you feel like in terms of the admissions process, what was the most difficult aspect? One thing that was, I, I don't know if I call it difficult. It was just kind of, you know, a hurdle to navigate was that each program required its own like assessment exam. So I had to go and take these kind of unique assessment exams that weren't really like applicable to dentistry, but kind of were more personality. So that was kind of, you know, tricky to navigate just because it was such a unique sort of um, assessment exam that they were giving that didn't, wasn't just like algebra or something like that. It was more assessing your personality. And then I had to do an in-person interview, at least for the community college of Denver. So I had to be in front of a panel of, I think it was like four or five people and head of the department and sit by myself and answer questions. So that was definitely intimidating to say the least. Do you remember some of the questions that they asked you? What I remember is I thought they were going to be, why do you want to be a hygienist? What makes you good at this? But it was all, give us an example of a time you help someone else. Give us an example of a time. So they gave you time to think about it and it was okay, but it was, they wanted examples more so than just some prepared speech of, oh, I think I'd be good for this or I want to do it for that. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people when they're practicing, they know they have an interview coming and they're starting to kind of look up interview questions and review and practice, you know, with a friend or a partner. And then all of a sudden they get in there and there's these surprise questions. There's always going to be a surprise. Everything planned that I wanted to say, all the points. And I don't think I was able to say any of it because all their questions directed other ways. <laughs> but I was obviously still did well enough because I was accepted, but definitely had me thinking on my toes. Did they have you do any hand skills or anything with your hands in the interview? I've heard some schools do no. that. No, they did not. And I was kind of prepared. Um, I don't think they asked it, but, you know, I was prepared to say, oh, I've done needlework or I knit or something like that, just to show that I'm good with my hands. But um, I don't think it in that particular interview, it didn't, wasn't pertinent. So for your admissions process, you had, I mean, I'm assuming all of the paperwork, you had to get your vaccination list in order. Um, you had to do the interview, did the test, the admissions test. Did you have to write any type of personal statement? I believe I did. Yes. Now that I think about it, and I think that was included with like my transcripts and all my other application paperwork. Um, so yeah, so I, I do remember kind of writing a personal statement of why I wanted to do it and um, why I thought I'd be a good fit. Do you have any advice if someone was writing a personal statement, what you would recommend? Just being honest with what your motivation is. You know, I think a lot of times it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, the salary or the the flexibility of the work, but also kind of getting down to helping people and um, your motivation for wanting to be in healthcare and, you know, your desire to work with other professions and help, you know, increase this collaborative medical approach to dentistry, even though we seem to be a subset in a lot of medical professionals' mind to say that we're, we're all, you know, treating the same human being and the whole body is connected. So um, I think any time that you can relate it to the benefit of the patient for why you want to do dental hygiene versus like, I'm going to get out of this and um, my bank account's going to look great for that or whatever it might be. Um, what are more of your more altruistic motivations? Yeah, because that's why I like to showcase hygienists who work in different types of job roles too, because that's something that might open your eyes before you apply that you could write about in your personal statement. You know, I heard or I read about the different job career or career opportunities for hygienists. 
and I was really interested in this or that. So I think uh, what you said about connecting, you know, the overall health, why it's important, why that's important to us as hygienists, but not even just in that clinical role, but maybe you're interested in an outside role and could build on that in your personal statement. So top notch answer. Good job. (laughs) Well, what kind of advice would you give to a student who's actively applying to dental hygiene school? Yeah. So one of the pieces of advice that comes to my mind would be don't limit yourself to one particular type of program per se. You know, an associate level program is teaching the same material as a bachelor's level program in terms of the competencies to get your license. You know, I I will personally say when I was graduating, there was a for-profit school that was opening an accelerated program in Denver, and you would have thought the world was ending in the hygiene community. You know, it was just like everyone was losing their minds. And, you know, a couple years later, we started to realize they're producing great quality hygienists. So whether it's bachelors or associates or a standard program versus an accelerated program, don't limit yourself, you know, apply to a lot of different options. Don't, you know, have be black and white about I have to have this or have to have that because most programs are going to train you very well. If they're CODA accredited, they're going to teach you what you need to know. And honestly, so much you still continue to learn afterwards. Like I was, of course, a better hygienist three, five, 10 years later than I was straight out of school. So keep learning, keep growing, and just know that you know, any program is going to give you a great foundation for you to build on. Um, So don't feel like you have to only have one school or one particular type of program because they can all have um, their benefit. The program itself is more of a launching pad and it's not the end all be all. So keep your options open and be open minded to where you apply because a lot of programs are going to be great. Great advice. Once you started dental hygiene school, what did you think was the most difficult part? A lot of studying in clinic blank was stressful, you know, trying to, because we had to find our own patients. They weren't provided for us. We'd get a few that would just call and say, Hey, I want to be seen or referred by the dental school or something like that. But trying to track patients down that had the right qualifications, that had enough clicks of calculus that, you know, met certain periodontal parameters. So you would meet your grade. Um, that was definitely a lot um, in terms of having to be self-sufficient in the sense of providing your own patients. If you couldn't find the right patients, you weren't going to graduate. So that was probably very, that was probably one of the more stressful components um, versus just showing up and having a patient provided for you in your chair and you just did what you had to do. Um, and then, like I said, it was a lot of studying. Yep. I think that's true of pretty much everyone. They Most programs, you have to find your own patients or the bulk of them. And yeah. I've worked at three different programs. And the number one concern everyone says is, I can't find a patient. I can't find a patient. Whether I taught at one school that was in a rural city, you know, and they, I, I don't, I'm not even sure how many people live in the city, but you know, compared to San Antonio, which is where I'm at now, where there's millions of people. I'm like, look, in this small rural town, we were making it work. Okay. So I'm like, you live in a city with millions. It's possible. But what kind of advice do you have for finding patients? Did you have any unique ways that you found patients? I had business with me and I had a, you know, a friend who was also super extroverted. So we'd be at you know, getting beers after, after a hard day at clinic and we'd be passing them out to the bartender and the waiter. You'd see someone like, you know, talking to someone in the grocery, like in the grocery store, you know, you just give out your card. 
Um, because you'll you'll learn to like be like, oh, they need they need scaling up cleaning. <laughs> they would make a great clinic patient. Um, I know I've seen other people post on like Facebook groups, um, whether it's a dental group to be like, hey, if you have a patient who can't afford care and you want to refer them, I'd love to see them, or even just a community page. So I know that social media now definitely provides a lot more avenues. Um, but honestly, just I saw everyone I could that was related to me, whether by blood or marriage, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so recruit all your friends and family, um, their coworkers, anybody that you could think. I had high school friends in my chair, anyone that I could convince. Um, but also, again, just I, I made flyers and I would just pass them out to people, you know, at a restaurant or wherever I could. I, I mean, I was very similar. When I went to school, I moved from a small town. I didn't live in San Antonio. I knew nobody but my sister, pretty much. Yeah, and then yeah. the girls in my class, or the the people in my class. So I had to do the same thing. I was on Facebook. I was out, you know, in front of Walmart, at the bar, wherever. And that's how I found my red patient for my clinical exam was through the bar. She was the owner of the bar that we would go to where I would hand out my cards. So <laughs> You know, you do what you got to do, and you also have to unwind in dental hygiene school. And I think people don't talk about that, but it's good to unwind and still have some fun. Then my student loan money went to was beers after clinic and some uh, chicken fingers and fries, <laughs> some good <laughs> fried food after a long day. I love that. Well, what kind of final advice would you have to help a student to prepare for the overall experience? Yeah, I would say um, dental hygiene school is a commitment in terms of the degree of studying, um, finding your own patients, like it's, whether it's, you know, an accelerated program or a two-year standard program, you know, you got to be, you got to want it. So I would definitely encourage shadow hygienists talk. Networking is huge, especially for me getting out of dental hygiene. Um, Networking has been really key. So make a LinkedIn, reach out to hygienists on there, talk to anyone who will speak to you and ask questions, shadow a couple days. Um, if you can't necessarily work as an assistant, that's, that's, I had plenty of um, classmates who weren't assistants prior who did excellent in the program, but, you know, ask your, your dentist, if you can watch for a day or watch a couple different offices, call a periodontist office and see what it's like working there. Um, and I think just the more you can expose yourself and really confirm that dental hygiene is what you want, then I think it'll make it a lot easier to, um, whether the ups and downs of the process, not only of getting accepted, but also going through the program. I like that you recommended not maybe not only shadowing a general dentist, but also looking at some of the other specialties like hygienists work in periodontist office, or if a hygienist were to shadow someone like you who works with myofunctional therapy. So I think that's good advice. And the admissions committees, they like to see that. I was speaking with another guest and they were telling me how right now the shadowing hours aren't required. Um, And part of that started when COVID happened because students couldn't get in. And a lot of those kind of um, restrictions or not restrictions, they were lifted. You know, they, they used to have, everyone used to have to have shadowing hours and now they don't, uh, or they don't have to have as many. My advice is you're going up against people who have either worked in the field or went ahead and shadowed, even though it said they didn't have to, and who probably exceeded the hours. So if you want to kind of come out with your best foot forward, try shadowing at different offices, get more hours than they're asking for. It's just going to help make you a more well-rounded hygienist anyway. So I would just also encourage that. I know right now hygienists are in demand, so your job prospects are, you know, favorable on the other side. Um, 
I know in Colorado, they just offered a grant to help more community colleges open more programs. So instead of having four, we'd hopefully will have eight or nine because they see the need for hygienists in the state so readily that they're willing to invest in the education programs to get more hygienists into the market. So I think it's a great career field to be going into. Like I said, like you said, shadow, give yourself a leg up in terms of the interview process and also for you to be confident that this is what you want. That's amazing advice. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the content, please subscribe so that you never miss a new episode of the show.